Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we will be talking about the seventh episode of Riverdale Season 4, The Ice Storm. I'm Mary Kukowski, and I am joined, as always, by the not-a-cannibalist, Kirsten McInnes. How are you doing this evening? I'm feeling really good now that we've put that out there, that I'm definitely not a cannibal. I was really worried, you know, people would think I was one otherwise. Um, Just think, Mary, one year ago-ish, one season ago, we were talking about the episode of Riverdale that was put us into a nap that would make us a household name and this year this season what the hell did we just watch the ice storm of course the classic riverdale episode where a bunch of random stuff happens but not really anything also at the same time just one season ago veronica held an illegal casino night at her speakeasy and archie and jughead were on the run maybe they should have stayed on the run God, was that the episode where i opened it with the chant about the uh, about the Gargoyle King? I mean, probably. <laughs> it seems like something I would have it done. sounds like something you would do. <laughs> yeah. No chant tonight. Just just the episode. Although I do want to jump in here and just chat with everyone for a couple minutes because I feel like on this podcast, we don't really talk too much about our lives. We kind of just jump into the episodes. But maybe there's a few people out there who care. Probably not, but we're going to do it anyway because I feel like I need to give some excuses here. Okay. Some may be wondering. Hey, didn't this episode come out last week? And to that, I will say, yes, it did. But <laughs> actually, two weeks ago, it came out. Well, that's what I, yeah, that's what I mean. But the thing is, here's the thing. It's a holiday over here in America. And I know that there are some Canadian listeners and some people from other countries. But um, I have been sick. I have been in the middle of a move. This is an auditory podcast. But if you saw the video, you would see that I'm sitting in a closet at my desk, which is the only thing set up at my house with a blanket over my head to try and prevent some of the echo. So if the sound quality is weird, I apologize. If my sound is also not up to par, that's because I'm sick. So just wanted to put that out there. I got sick and then proceeded to go on a 40 mile bike ride in the cold and the partial rain. So that made me more sick. Yay. Also, don't do that. If you're sick, rest. What the hell, Mary? Just take care of yourself. <laughs> you're the only thing keeping Kowski cast going and you're just letting yourself go. Now, now let's be honest. The only thing keeping Kowski Kikas going is Hannah when she's here. <laughs> but she's not here today, which is probably why we're sitting here yeah, as we so are. So we can give life updates now. In your face, Hannah. We know you don't care. Yeah. Also, in addition to that, tomorrow's my birthday. So I also feel like I am due for some laziness because of that. So... Hey, also, do we want to guess how old I'm turning this year? I'm included in this guessing because I got it wrong last year, but I didn't know. Well, aren't you actually 25 this year? Yeah, I am. I'm actually 25 yeah, this year. Because last so year I was like, really it's easy, Mary. You're 25. And you were like, ooh, remember when I told you I was 24? That was a lie. And uh, so now I know that you are two years younger than me. I apologize for that. But <laughs> I am here. I'm a quarter of a century in an hour in 40 minutes yeah I was gonna say I was like it's not your birthday yet I was like soon but not yet close all right anyway that's enough dilly dallying let's get into the episode yes let's 
hey, look, we start with the Jughead voiceover. It's all about Thanksgiving. Wouldn't this have been great if we had gotten this episode out before Thanksgiving? That would have been nice. Okay, you know what? Not only here, okay, here's the thing. We did Mary's Life Update Corner. Now we're doing Kirsten's Life Update Corner, okay? Last week was the longest week of my entire life. It was eight days somehow. She stretched it. (laughs) Truly, it felt like 12 days in a seven-day stretch. I had, work was crazy. I was in training, so like on a weird schedule for two days. Then I was the only one in the office for two days. Then it was just busy. My house is a mess. I haven't had two consecutive days off in over two weeks. My life is falling apart. And I'm just trying to get to Friday because I get Friday, Saturday, Sunday off this week. And I can finally clean my house like how I want it to be clean. And I'm just trying to get there. And I'm sorry for the delay, everyone. But life is really hard. And Mary purposefully pushed podcasting away from last week so that she wouldn't have to recognize my birthday on the podcast. It would be all about her because she is also a Sagittarius wench. And I hate her for it. Right. Yeah. Happy late birthday to Kirsten, yeah. who's another year older. But her birth is not as big of a deal in this podcast. It's. It should be more since I at least know how old I am well, every year year. There's that. Kirsten is wearing her giraffe onesie, I believe. <laughs> is that what that is? Yes, I am. Or is a it a brown turtle? Onesie. It has a hood. It has feet. <laughs> what you can't see is me stretching my foot over my head so that Mary can see that I'm in a onesie. I'm also on my couch under a blanket because normally I podcast sitting on the floor. Well, when I'm podcasting with anyone but Mary, I sit on the floor. But for Mary, I lay down on the couch, which is why my audio here might not be as good as it is on other podcasts. It's okay. I took a screenshot of that, so we can save Ah, it for later. (laughs) Luckily, not the part where you're lifting your leg up, but just the part where you're in the onesie. All right. Well, if I get the okay from Kirsten, you guys can find this picture on Twitter. I need to see it before I before I prove anything. Um, but honestly, if they want to see photos of me with my leg above my head, please go to Instagram.com slash Just kidding. I don't post those there. Only on my close friend's story. Anyways, um, so to this episode, are we? Have we started yet? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I almost got to the Jughead voiceover, so we could actually get to oh, that right. now. Anyways, so there was the Jughead voiceover with like really downer scenes of Riverdale about like he's saying like happy things, but it's not happy because Archie's at Fred's grave. Okay, well, so what's actually happening here? We've got <clears throat> Thanksgiving. The time of year when friends and family gather to eat turkey, watch the big game, and give thanks for all that they have. But for Archie, this year was all about what he'd lost. It was the first Thanksgiving without his father. The void that Fred Andrews left was as cold as the winds that were blowing through the town. And while Archie was thinking of ways to give back, Riverdale's new mayor was grabbing all that he could. Hiram Lodge had run unopposed, allowing him to ascend to power virtually overnight. Anyway... Can we, can you get some herbal tea with honey, please? Like, I'm really worried about your voice. So yeah, so okay, so Hiram is mayor now. He just ran on a pose. He's out of prison. It doesn't matter. There was a huge mayoral, mayoral race last time. This time, nope, just give it to Hiram. Well, it's but there's fine. also, it's no way there's been enough time since the last election. So what did Hermione just like quit and then they had an election and then now he's just the mayor i just uh, there's no stakes i don't care also i don't know who was mayor in the interim it doesn't really matter oh yeah who was mayor while hermione was in jail i think we decided that mayor mccoy was mayor 
Did we? I don't know. I mean, I buy that. Look, I buy it. there's a lot of unanswered questions. We're going to have some answered in this episode. A lot are not going to be answered. Also, across the town at Riverdale General Hospital, a different family gathering was taking place. For the Dickinson crime clan, the only dish on Thanksgiving menu was revenge. Right. So apparently Dodger was not alone. He has like two dudes and like a woman who also were chilling yeah, with him. he has two brothers and a mom. Okay. We need to it's talk his about- family. uh, We need to talk about Darla Dickinson here for a second. First of all, love her jacket, 10 out of 10 (laughs) would wear. (laughs) Was that like the zebra print jacket or something? I think it was the pink shearling. Oh, okay. She also had an animal print one at one point. Anyway. And guess what? I'd wear that too. (laughs) She's got a bomb sense of style. I don't appreciate Riverdale trying to make good fashion sense seem like it's for trashy people. Okay, but here's the thing about Darla. Now, I may not be the smartest in the room, but... You're the only person in your room I'm right the only person in my room, and I still may not be the smartest. But I recognize Darla. Darla has been on this show before. Wait, okay? what? Who was she? Exactly. Did we look like, it up? Is it on IMDb? You can, I mean, I didn't even have to look it up. I knew who she was. Wait, who Darla, was she? Darla was the girl who came when the shady man was at uh, the Cooper house, and then she showed up, and she was like, where's the shady man? I'm his whatever. She showed up in the car, oh. and then when they killed the shady man, she left, and then they had to ditch the car or something. Anyway, all I know is... I don't know if this is supposed to be the same Darla. I'm not even sure if that was her name originally. Her name is now Darla Dickinson. Darla, if that is your real name. But when you look her up on the Wikipedia for, or the Wikia for Riverdale, it says, like, first episode, that episode, the one where they kill the Shady Man, and then last episode, this one, or at least last, you know, as of now. So, basically, I don't know why they couldn't find more extras. (laughs) No, I think that this is supposed to be the same person. But if it's about, I mean, here's the thing. She doesn't run into any of the same people. Like, she hadn't met any of these people yeah. before. The only people she knew were Alice and Betty. She's so just a periphery possible. character. Now, here's the thing. She knew Chick. So, Charles was suspiciously absent from this episode. But maybe she'll come back and it will have all been a plan by Charles the whole time in Chick. Or maybe Charles was not present in this episode because they're not yet ready to show the full scope of the crime connection between Charles and Chick. What's Chick's real name? It, it's Chick. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, I feel like. I think Chick Char- is short Charles for Charles, and Chick though. dating is too much. They need to, one of them needs to change her name. Well, there's a lot of confusion about like the whole Charles and Chick thing. About like, why would Charles have let Chick pretend to be him? I don't know. None of season two makes sense with this retrospective. It um, didn't make sense at the time. Anyway, so none of that's important. Now, uh, we mentioned Hiram as mayor, so we're going to talk about a weird uh, parent plotline that we had this episode with F.P. Alice, Hiram, and Hermione, and it's, it's, uh, it's refreshing that we get to see some adults. I don't love that every time we see the adults, it's like they're just shoved into their own plot lines. Like, they never intermix with the kids, really, unless it's, like, direct parent-child relations, so, but that's fine. here's the problem, Okay. 
uh, I don't care about any of this. So if they're going to do plot lines like this, just get rid of the parents and make it all kids. Wow. Okay. I disagree. I actually liked this plot, but that's fine. Um, oh, the other uh, insider information about this episode is that I was so down on the last episode of Riverdale before this that I decided the only way I could stomach watching this one um, was to do um, to take some some marijuana before I did it, which is legal where I live. It is fully legal. It was purchased from a store. Anyway, in places where it's not legal, we do not condone the use of illegal drugs on this podcast. But where it's legal, we fully condone marijuana, okay? Um, And so I watched this episode in a haze of just like sitting on my couch like, what's happening? And then it totally backfired because I had to watch the episode twice. So I am a little hazy on some of the details because I'm like, wait, was that real? (laughs) Great. I can't wait until we get halfway through this episode when Kirsten just starts talking about her fever dream version of what happened. Honestly, I don't think I could have a fever dream that would be more crazy than this show. So, okay. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. And and the fellas. So Veronica goes to her family home where they're still chilling at the... uh, Pembroke. You ever wondered why they haven't like found a more permanent residence? I thought this was kind of like a temporary place they were living. I thought that um Hermione owned it. Yeah, but it's still like again, it is they don't like it's an apartment building, right? They're not the only people who live there. I thought it was a hotel. Yeah, I don't know. It's confusing. <laughs> we um, don't really know. But- I don't know. To me it's just like um it's like in Gossip Girl when Serena's family just like lives in a hotel for a while. Yeah. So Veronica goes to the family temporary home and she's like, you make it sound like a tent. Like what the no, serpents just, are living in. It's just the serpents don't exist. OK, uh, we very much established that the serpents have either all died or just mysteriously left. Look, there's no more sweet pea. We don't know what happened to him. Fangs was here for a hot sec, but he's probably being uh dehumanized what's it called de uh, uh de- deprogrammed climatized yeah deprogram so veronica skipped her dad's inauguration because she didn't care about him and uh he's he said that he is going to be having dinner at the sweet water country club veronica's like yeah i'm not gonna go to that because i'm helping archie out at the community center and he's like oh yeah terrible what's going on in that part of town it's a real problem but he could not sound more happy about the situation that's going on there he talks about how there there was a man who was found bleeding outside of the uh community center it's like hiram again i this is where i get frustrated because i don't know if we were meant to believe that he was doing you know hurting dodger as a favor to archie of some kind because he felt bad about the whole fred thing and about the fact that dodger was shooting at archie's mom who's his only parent he has left i don't know if there was any of that or if this whole thing was just a big plan to you know sick the Dickinson crime family on to Archie as well or just more simply
simply to, you know, cause some scandal and violence out front of the community center and then have a reason to close it down as mayor. All of these sound like plausible options, so whichever way Hiram was leaning towards could be the potential one. Uh, either way, Veronica decides to stick with her man and is going to help Archie set up this dinner that he's decided to have at the community center for all the homeless kids. As if Hiram doesn't love crime. Yeah, Hiram is definitely pro-crime. I think we've established that. Um, so later on, Veronica comes back home and she finds that they have moved moved family Thanksgiving to their house and Hiram as per usual is just like oh Mija I love that we're a close family and nothing I've ever done in the past has could ever possibly prevent us from having Thanksgiving and Veronica's just like what Bish! and she pulls the tablecloth uh, trashing all the dinner I loved it and the only thing I would have loved more as if she had pulled the tablecloth intending to ruin Thanksgiving dinner uh, but then, like a ma- magician, it had all stayed perfectly on the table. <laughs> the tablecloth was gone, and she was like, "Oh no, that's not what I wanted to do." And then she like tried to flip the table, but the table was too heavy. That's how that went in my brain. It was nothing personal, Poppy. Yeah, it's nothing personal, Poppy. Um. <laughs> anyway, also they must be eating. Thanksgiving dinner really early, uh, which I will say, like, is a pretty normal thing to do. So let's uh, talk about that. Kirsten, what is your knowledge of Thanksgiving? Um, so we have a Thanksgiving as well. Ours just happens in October. It oh, is the, that's more fun. The first Monday of October is Thanksgiving. Um, so we do, uh, it's, it's basically the same, like, pro-genocide stuff that you guys also celebrate um but we just do it in october uh it's actually it's when you guys do columbus day um we do thanksgiving do you eat the same foods though do you yeah eat, like, it's like it's same. turkey stuffing cranberry okay. sauce like it's mashed potatoes it's like the same thing the only thing that i've noticed that's like a major difference is i don't really think like candied yams or like yam casserole is a thing here okay first off let's be honest we call it sweet potato casserole and by we, I mean my family. I know some people don't. Okay. Oh, sorry, Mary, that I don't know what the Kwiatkowskis call their uh, sweet potato slash yam mash. I don't really. Are sweet potatoes and yams the same thing? I'm sure there's a technical difference, but I guarantee what we're eating is sweet potatoes and not actual yams. Okay. So. Anyways, I have no idea what the difference is, but that's just like not so much a thing here. But other than that, it's the same foods, the same awkward conversations with relatives about when you'll find love and are you gonna die alone and and politics of course uh yeah it's the same we just do it in october so uh just try and stump me on the thanksgiving knowledge we uh we played a fun saran rap game i don't think that's knowledge it was uh we we played a game my family this year we had never done this before but it was like there was a giant ball like bigger than a basketball that was made out of saran wrap how big how much bigger than a basketball was it like like in between a bat like in between a basketball and like uh like a one of those like blow up beach balls okay so so like pumpkin size like a good normal pumpkin anyway so we had a ball that big and like there's a bunch of layers of saran wrap but in between all the layers of saran wrap are like candy and gift cards and tissues i don't know why there were tissues in there like uh like packets of tissues not like loose tissues oh i 
thought that that was where you put all your loose used tissues no, from your gross like, cold. Like Pez dispensers and stuff like that. And so you you had a, a, a pair of dice and somebody rolled the dice and until they got doubles, the person before them got to unwrap layers of saran wrap and they got to keep whatever fell out of those layers. And then when they got doubles, they had to pass it on. And it was really exciting because I didn't get much. I got a chapstick and uh, a Reese's cup that I traded for a Pez dispenser. You don't like Reese's cups? No, I do. I just wanted the Pez dispenser. What shape was the Pez dispenser? It was a snowman. Traded a Reese's for a Pez snowman? It had like six packs of Pez. Yeah, but it's not like Pez are that great. Yeah, but I could buy my own Reese's. They're like 50 cents at the store. I love Reese's peanut butter cups so okay. much. I knew that my sister would appreciate it more than I would. And I am just, you know, so yeah, you're, giving. You're so selfless and giving. And you definitely didn't do it because you'd rather get the candy that came with six packs of Pez. You're so transparent, just like that <laughs> saran wrap. <laughs> oh, anyway, so um, so Thanksgiving. But what I was going to say was that everybody in this episode is eating Thanksgiving dinner at different times because Riverdale exists in a weird universe where a bunch of things can happen simultaneously. Some people will be going to bed and other people will be sitting down to dinner. However, I got to say, I'm more on the lodge side of things personally, which is like, I like a nice Thanksgiving dinner at around 3, 30, 4 o'clock. Plenty of time to eat, digest, eat some pie, and then take a nice nap. <laughs> yeah, no, eat your Thanksgiving dinner early. Truly, the McKinnis way is to have your Thanksgiving at like 2 p.m. And it's the best because you guess what? You get the Thanksgiving then you get a nap, then you wake up, and for normal dinner time, you can have leftovers. That's my favorite thing. I made in the morning after Thanksgiving, I took an English muffin and I put all the Thanksgiving stuff on it. So it had like mashed potatoes and stuffing and turkey and cranberry sauce. It was good. Look at you. Uh, I'm just a real maverick. Uh, anyway. so MacGyver? <laughs> Sure, that too. Anyways, okay, so they're all eating at different times. Originally, the lodges weren't supposed to be eating it at the Pembroke. They're supposed to be doing it at the Country Club, but the Country Club is closed because of the giant ice storm that is ravaging Riverdale. Yeah, in case you forgot what the episode title is, throughout the episode, they just have like 10 mentions of like, boy, isn't it cold out here? And like, oh, the weather's calling for some ice. And it doesn't actually really have any plot, like, relations. Nobody gets, like, iced in anywhere, which is what I totally thought was going to happen. Instead, it's just, like, it's just kind of a thing. So that's it. Anyway, so FP is upset that he's working for Hiram again. And he's talking with Alice, and he's like, Alice, it's sad because... I don't want to do Hiram's dirty work. And she's like, you could just quit. And he's like, I don't want to quit. And she's like, well, then I'll back you 100%. And then they start making out because the Cooper women, they're horny. I'm sorry. They're uh, mm, thirsty. It's a thirsty Thanksgiving for the Cooper women. <laughs> yeah, the Cooper women don't like it when their brooding Jones men have other things on their mind than making out with them. Also, just where's Jellybean? Right. We don't know. Apparently, they have the house to the themselves like she's not there but we have no clue where she is i like to think that she somehow 
still has somewhat of a relationship with her mother and can go hang out with her for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I guess uh, Gladys maybe she has friends. Loves her one child. I don't know. Maybe she's upstairs playing Minecraft. We will never know. But Alice and FP, they feel like they have the house to themselves because they have sent their two teenage kids to just go hook up by themselves because that's good parenting. So it pops. Hiram and Hermione show up. Alice and FP are already there. And for whatever reason, Alice is like, hey, Hiram and Hermione, come on over. And FP's all salty. He's all like, out of all the burger joints, they have to come into ours. It's like, yeah, this is the only one. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually not a surprise at all. Nice like, try. Where else are they supposed to go? Also, technically, Hiram owns that burger joint. Yeah, it's a little bit questionable of like, what does Hiram own and what all of does... It. Yeah, but I thought that, I thought that, what's her name, the girl? I forgot, I thought that Veronica bought it from Yeah, him. but then, like, remember when it was the whole thing with the law because it turned out Veronica didn't own it the whole time and it was all fake? Yeah, but then he went to jail, so I assume that they somehow straightened that out when he was in jail. No, I think he still just owns everything. Okay, well, anyway, so they're like, aha, remember how we used to hang out in high school and uh, when we used to play Complain about games? our parents? Yeah, and then they, they this episode also, it's clearly trying to put Fred Andrews in here a bit, sprinkled throughout, sort of, uh, which is which is nice when it comes to, like, the Archie plotline. I feel like it fits there. It feels a little bit shoehorned in for Alice to just randomly be like, yeah, Fred was the only one who didn't talk bad about his parents, and that's why he was the only good parent. It's okay. It was a little weird, like, especially because it didn't lead to any of these parents becoming better parents through the realization right um it doesn't instead they go down to the speakeasy where they're going to have drinks which is probably Hiram's rum I think it is yeah and Hiram's kind of like taunting FP like oh you don't like my rum and FP's like nah I'm just trying to be responsible and drive you silly sisters home um but then he like pounds the rest of the rum because Hiram's like uh, I don't know taunting him and then FP like punches him and then they have a thing where he has a broken yeah bottle okay fp breaks that rum bottle so much easier than he should be able to like there's a reason why normally in movies and stuff when people break a bottle it's like a beer bottle because that's easy to just shatter i feel like if he went to break that rum bottle it would take two tries in real life fp is super strong just because he's your river daddy. <laughs> uh, FP's best. FP's the uh, only river daddy left. Actually, Hiram is pretty hot. Well, according to last episode, they certainly wanted us to think so. Well, he is sometimes, but then this episode, there were some moments where his face looked like really swollen and I was like, is he okay? I, I don't know. It's a little... I, I don't even remember why they started fighting. Hiram's just a jerk. I think he... Well, no. Um, Hiram's like, thank you for cooperating and like working with me. And FP stands up and is like let's get one thing straight i am not your puppet i'm not just gonna do whatever you say and then it like escalates from there right as it is then fp goes home him and alice are talking again he's like i'm a serpent through and through i don't want to do hiram's bidding but i really like being a cop and protecting the town and alice is like why can't you be both a cop and a serpent and he's like omg totally right because hiram can be a gangster and the mayor let's do it i just loved how alice was like is there a rule against being a serpent and being the sheriff yes alice it's called the law because it's illegal to be in a gang i think wait is it illegal to be in a gang i'm sure like a crime gang yeah well but like, you can be in a what club if the serpents aren't a crime gang they There's sell drugs gang. 
They could just be a little happy biker gang. Yeah, they sell drugs, but um, only a little weed, remember, which uh, right. apparently we don't endorse in Riverdale, but we do endorse. In Canada. In Canada. And uh, some states. On the one side, we may finally be able to check off my bucket list. Yay, the serpents have adults again. Or at least adult. Actually, we'll be able to check off where are the serpents, <laughs> potentially. Where are they? <laughs> See, here's the thing. FP quit the serpents, like, before he became a cop. That Those two things were not related. He quit the serpents because he was an alcoholic. No, but didn't he come back? Briefly, but then he quit it again, and he, like, gave the serpent kingdom to Jughead, who has apparently just abandoned it. Although there were only just, like, a couple straggling kids who were the left rest of the people. But I assume, like, if this is going to be a plot where FP becomes a serpent again, then I assume that he's going to, like, build the serpents from the ground up or, like, grab all the random serpents who are hanging out i think he's gonna get all these homeless kids but i want there to be adults well i some of them have families <sighs> sheriff keller could be a serpent i don't know if he would anyway i hope that at some point when fb becomes the serpent king again he mentions like as many of you know my son quit being the serpent king to go to a fancy school because i Are need the that explanation going to just like resent fp and jughead for abandoning them because they should they should be like why what if we want someone else to be the Serpent King. Huh. And that's how we get Gladys back. Blood. That's okay. how we get who back? <laughs> Gladys. No! <laughs> yeah, uh, anything but that. Alright, let's talk about the only thing worse than that, which was Archie. So, Archie has a... It's it's a Honestly, it's okay of a plot line this week because there's a lot of Molly Ringwald in it and I like her, so there's that. Yeah, but she's kind of a nerd. I don't know. I don't love her as much as I used to after this episode. Okay, wow. So, Archie and Mad Dog invite all the kids to come to the center for thanksgiving archie goes full jeff probes and he's like hot meals with all the fixings he's like there's turkey there's cranberry sauce there's stuffing all the fixings covered in gravy is it worth playing for yeah so that's uh, what jeff probes sounds like to me that's uh that's exactly what archie sounds like too um also he's like we're gonna have an open door policy which is not good because that's how you get the crime people in duh so yeah, veronica donates a bunch of bread and vegetables apparently to the community center that she got from uh the she just placed an order at the country club Right. Can we talk now, about I don't, how you spelled bread on our notes here? I just corrected that on my own note because I realized <laughs> I forgot the A in bread. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I think there's going to be some things coming up that you're going to question my spelling on. It was very intentional. We'll get to it. Oh, um, no. So uh, anyway, Archie wants a deep fried turkey. Um, Archie invites FP to come and FP's like, hey, I've been ordered to shut down the community center because the mayor. And then he breaks the fourth wall and he's like, he can do anything now because he's the mayor. Yep. Yes, that's how it works. Someone becomes mayor and they can do anything they want. I would like to circle back to this deep fried turkey, which apparently (laughs) is something that Fred Andrews did every single year. That seems like a difficult thing to do. My knowledge of deep fried turkey uh, is exclusively to Gilmore Girls, where Jackson tries to deep fry turkey and scorches Suki's lawn and she has to get drunk in order to handle it. Um, I have that experience. Also, in this, our year um, of the Lord 2019... They also deep fried a turkey on the CBS comedy, The Unicorn, which I am watching and it's better than Riverdale. Really? Wow. Okay. Newsflash, everyone. This is the last episode of the Riverdale recap <laughs> of the Kowski cast. We are going to segue over to The Unicorn. Apparently it's better. <laughs> I mean, it's better than Riverdale. Like what? Like it's hard? <laughs> 
Um, and yeah, I started watching it as a joke after it came up in um, a voicemails podcast on RHAP this year, but I uh, can't stop watching because <laughs> I hate myself anyways. Yeah, so he's going to deep fry a, a turkey. A single turkey is, is going to feed all of the homeless youth in Riverdale. Also, throughout this episode, there's at least three turkeys at this shelter, so whatever. Yeah, I'm assuming that Veronica ordered enough turkeys so that everyone could actually eat, and then Archie's like oh, I'm still frying a turkey I gotta deep fry it get me some oil okay though I will say this whole like turkey thing this whole community center Thanksgiving thing is basically what Hiram told him to do like two episodes ago when he told him to have a clam bake like close enough we got there eventually first he had to threaten people and have a press conference but now now we're getting to to what the original plan was I mean, maybe if it had been a clam bake, Hiram wouldn't have sent the sheriff to shut it down. Yeah, but FP is like, hey, Archie, go ahead and break the law because I don't care. Have fun on Thanksgiving. He's Hiram like, is not going to grunge all up in this nonsense. He's, he's like, giving food to those homeless kids, it's the right thing to do. And I'm like, since when are all of these kids homeless? I thought they had homes, but they just didn't have like a good home life. So now Riverdale just has this like massive population of homeless homeless youth and we know there's at least one social worker in this town why don't they care about I mean, all these homeless children there's a really simple explanation for this these are all of the kids who used to be serpents that's the only thing that we can make sense i don't know man i just i feel like someone should care about all these orphaned homeless youths nah nobody cares and then uh, molly ringwald is like hey yeah i support this because i know the difference between the letter of the law and doing what's right and so so, um, also, doesn't Hiram own the gym? Can't he just shut it down? I mean, apparently he's mayor and owns the entire town, no, right? I thought that, um, well, I mean, every mayor owns the entire town of every t- town. That's how that works. I thought that Veronica gave the El Royale to Archie, but I don't know how she had the authority. See, that's the thing. There was a point when Veronica was just having all these businesses and it was unclear whether or not she somehow got the deeds to them eventually after Hiram went to jail. I don't know. It's unclear. Let's just assume that Archie somehow rightfully owns this gym and is somehow paying rent on it. We're not sure about that. Well, if um, he owns it, he doesn't have to pay rent. Just well, utilities. Or whatever the equivalent of business mortgages are. Is it still called mortgage? I don't know. I mean, a mortgage, I think, defines like how many years a loan is amortized over and is specific to home ownership or like <laughs> okay, building then. ownership. But don't you have to pay like stuff? Like he probably like has property to pay tax? property taxes and the utilities and presumably Sheriff Keller's salary. Right. Where was Sheriff Keller? He would have been helpful in this episode. I'm assuming he's out um, making out with Mayor McCoy. Right. Just happy that Josie's out of the picture. Those are and, deleted scenes oh, we didn't get from wait, this episode. Oh, wait, but what's Kevin doing? Like, hanging out with them, probably. Yeah, he's just sitting there while his dad <laughs> makes out with his girlfriend. <laughs> they got married, right? I don't know, Oh, yeah, they actually. did get... Mm, they definitely got engaged. I think they're married. I think they're married. I, think that was I don't an know. Episode Maybe they're just living in sin together who knows i hope so i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure that kevin's mom knows that kevin's dad decided to marry someone else she's still at war for all we know they don't send people for that long (laughs) she probably oh my god did kevin's mom die in the line of duty you know what this makes a lot of sense because where is she what if kevin's mom was penny peabody What? This is the good quality podcasting you came for. Can All you right. imagine? And 
um, Jughead comes to school after like cutting off Penny Peabody's uh, serpent tattoo, and he's like, "Yeah, we had to, I had to show them what's what because I'm a serpent and I'm in charge." And Kevin's like, "Yeah, I was at the hospital with my mom all weekend. It was really hurt." Also, the idea that Sheriff Keller was sheriff. Wow, Penny Peabody was like queen of crime. Honestly, someone write this fan fiction. <laughs> yeah, write this fan fiction. Go ahead, put my name on it, and uh, don't tell me about it till it's complete because I'm not reading a work in progress they go set up dinner at the gym and it's a good time for a little while yeah they confiscate everyone's weapons and all the kids are totally fine with that yeah veronica's like you're too good for this world archiekins which i mean he's average for this world i'd say no he's below (laughs) average he just actively (laughs) makes things worse all the time yeah it's fun Veronica says she's here for Ar- Archie when it hits him. It, they, he's still having a hard time with this being the first Thanksgiving without his father, which I identify with because this was the first Thanksgiving without my grandfather. And um, he usually cooked our Thanksgiving meal when we'd go visit my grandparents. And so this year we had everybody pitch in. It was a little bit of a different dynamic. And, and we um, scattered his ashes afterwards. So I was feeling a little bit similar-ish during this time this year. Uh, I think holidays kind of put things in perspective sometimes. It's the time you spend with family where you realize both what you have and what you've lost. So it's, I'm not gonna poo-poo too much of Archie's like personal feelings in this episode. Like that was actually something that they did very well where it's like, yeah, this is a huge change and it is gonna like kind of make things hit home a little bit more. So yeah, I'm not, that is like the one part of this episode that I'm not gonna poo-poo. And and I'm okay with it in the light that it's given in this episode, which is a much more realistic, you know, the world is hard for Archie right now because of this. I'm not going to love it when they inevitably turn this into some sort of big plot point for why Archie goes off the deep end in one way or another, which I'm sure will come eventually because they can't just have him doing this same thing all season, but we'll see. Darla and the two sidekick dudes come in and Archie's like, hey, yeah, more the merrier, sit right down because he had an open door policy, remember? Which is dumb because this is how crime people get in. Like I said, it's like if you have an open door policy, I mean, this is how Dodger could have gotten in in the past. Whatever. Yeah, but Dodger's in the hospital, so everyone is safe because he definitely didn't have colleagues. Right, yeah, even though we've constantly seen him surrounded by like six to eight men. So anyway, uh, things are happening for a little while. Everybody's getting ready to eat. Eddie, a little kid Eddie, comes over, who I'm kind of surprised he's there because I'm pretty sure Archie kicked him out like two episodes ago because he rolled with Dodger. I don't know. I think he came back, ended up coming back. Oh, maybe. Well, everybody's back. So uh, the two little kids we know, Toby and Eddie are there. So Eddie's like, hey, Archie, those people, they're Dodger's family. And Archie's like, oh, I got this. And he walks up to them and he's like, hey, y'all need to leave because you're Dodger's family. And they pull a gun out on him. So that's fun. Yeah, I, I, I've got this, Archie said, when he certainly did not got this. <sighs> and this is around the point when Do- I realized Darla looked familiar and I looked her up. So uh, they're like, hey, but we want some tasty food and we came here for whoever killed Dodger. And Archie's like, look, I didn't kill Dodger. Or also, not no kill one him, killed but Dodger because he's the, in, put a him in a coma. Honestly, that might be worse because now there's going to be hospital bills. America. True, true. Basically, everybody, like the bad guys are eating and Archie's like, we got to do something. And he's like, I'll go get the weapons that we confiscated. And Veronica's like, yeah, no, that's a bad plan. So yeah, they don't like, do hey, that. She's like, hey, there's a bunch of kids here, remember? 
Yeah, there's also like some random adults, like probably like actual adult homeless people as well who are there. So Monroe's brother, who I don't know his name, uh, Lil Dog. Lil Dog tries oh. to grab the gun. Lil Bow Wow. <laughs> Lil Bow Wow. And Archie breaks up the fight real quick. And then Darla is like, you know what, Archie? I'm Dodger's mom. And I know that you probably hurt him. And so she points a gun at him. And she's like, I want you to admit it. Say it out loud. And Archie's like, vampire. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> the uh, the top just like blows on the turkey deep fryer. And uh, it's a good distraction. Archie like, pow, hits the gun out of the hand. And it goes flying away. And everyone runs the office go to the office go to the office and then Archie and Veronica somehow like take out the two minions because like one gets like a punch to the face and the other one gets like a hand stabbed with like a one of those like fork things with, like a pitchfork you know what I'm talking like about a, like a little mini pitchfork <laughs> almost <laughs> like a fork yeah it's not a normal fork though it's like the kind of fork where you like like a stab it into fork. the turkey to cut it yeah it's like one of those things Dodger's mom has a knife and then Archie's mom has a gun and is like I have the ability to defend myself with deadly force if necessary you have five seconds to get out of here yeah she does the mom countdown she's like five four three don't let me get to two. Two, oh, two, two and a half two and a quarter one and then they all leave yeah and so like this is where i was like really just shoot someone no i know they really should have Come they on. let the bad guys go a lot in this like, show guess what now dodger's family is just gonna be more of a problem later on and we have to see them again they should have killed all three of them and disposed of the bodies but they didn't so instead they call the cops apparently or they you know pull out their cell phone and text fp probably and uh and then they they reminisce about FP and they're like oh he was such a good guy and then they put up a photo and a plaque honoring him yeah which kind of surprised they hadn't done already honestly but it's fine and Molly also is like 100% convinced that the deep fire blowing was because of the ghost of Fred Andrews yeah which is you know which like I hope it was I hope it was. Also, there's a point where right after Molly does the whole like five, four, three, two, one thing, Veronica is like, Mrs. Andrews, I'm obsessed. And I laugh harder than I've ever laughed at anything on Riverdale when that happened. I think I tweeted it in all caps, actually. It was pretty great. So that happened. And then uh, FP goes to the hospital later because he's like, hey, I just got to call the Dodgers family. Had a fight down at the community center and I want to check on Dodgers and the stupid doctor guy is like oh we keep a tight ship here and then dodger's gone obviously so they smuggled his body out i don't like is that useful i mean i don't think he's on life support so like he's just basically asleep right but like why did they need to do that but, like how are why they gonna they nourish him like, better like, yeah, they don't have don't ivs know. maybe they did maybe they took the iv thing too do you think wheel that down the hallway do that, right? i don't know anyway uh let's talk about cheryl speaking of people who do kill people so good news the ice storm is coming so we can dump Uncle Bedford's body into the river and then it'll freeze over and then the fish will gobble him right up. I don't think that's how that works. Yeah, that's certainly not how that works. Bodies have been in water over a winter before and then get found in the spring and yeah, they're a little more decomposed but like they still have teeth and stuff so like you can figure out who it is. Yeah, this is a dumb plan. I doubt that it'll ever come back. Also, the fact that Cheryl is totally okay dumping the body into the river when she literally has her brother's body that was dumped into the river is like a little bit weird and when she almost became a body in the river that time yeah there's also that so cheryl's like all right we gotta invite cricket here for dinner to celebrate our gothic ghoulish roots 
because she wants to scare her away and whatever. So she's going to tell her aunt a creepy story to get her to run away because she's been spying on them and Tony's all like, uh, I just feel like there are eyes on me. Tony, get out. Yeah. This uh, is not about you. This is not your problem. Yeah, Tony, please leave and just go to safety. No, but she doesn't. So they have dinner where cousin Fester. Why is his name Fester? Isn't that an Adam's family thing? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm looking it up. Uncle Fester is Adam's family. Yeah, but the Adam's family's cool and the Blossom family sucks. Yeah. And especially Cousin Fester, who's so creepy. It wasn't really like a, it's not really like a play on anything. It's kind of like they just took that name, but whatever. So uh, they come and they're eating meat pies. I don't know when Cheryl had time to make these, but they look amazing. They're really like decorative on top. They have like that little like pie crust and a leaf and it's kind of like, looks like mistletoe. It's adorable. Yeah, they really put in the time and effort. So Nana Blossom tells the story of the first Blossom Thanksgiving, which the weather had turned and the Blossom settlers were surprised by a sudden, brutal onset of ice. Much like tonight, the wagons were snowed in and soon after, the hunger set in. Deep, Wait, aching, I want to know gnawing. how soon the hunger set in. How soon so- after. How soon is soon? <laughs> I would assume a couple days. Although, you know, the way they describe it, it sounds like just a couple like hours 20 later. Minutes, they get so Like hungry. someone was snackish yeah. and they were like, cannibalism. Yep. Uh... Stomachs groaning so loud they drowned out the wind until the blossoms turned on one another. They had to eat their own, survive on blossom flesh. And uh, meanwhile, Fester and Cricket over here just snacking away on these meat pies. Cheryl's like, (coughs) what a scandal. I should just come out right now and tell everyone right when Cricket is trying to sell the maple business. Oh, no. I kind of think this doesn't, this wouldn't matter. Like, uh, it's not like it. I mean, it doesn't really matter if people believe it or not, but like covered wagon times is a long time ago. Who cares? Yeah, that part, I feel like, yeah, who cares? But uh, the whole point of the scheme was to make the other Blossoms think that they had consumed Blossom flesh. Yeah. It wasn't about the original Blossom Thanksgiving. Also, is it that a different day than normal Thanksgiving? Probably. Yeah, probably. It's like, we Blossoms have always been highly carnivorous. I ate my own brother Julian in the womb. And she just gestures at the doll like it's normal. Who's also at the table with them, by the way. And she's like, and you're eating those meat pies we prepared especially for you. And it's like, they were doing fine, but then they go full fray pie because Uncle Bedford's ring turns up in the pie. Like, they're not just trying to hint at it. They're like, no, we cooked him into pies and you're eating him. Like, they say that. Yeah, like, she literally, That's like, gross. is like, in other words, in other words, in other words, in other words, you know what I mean. It was too much. Yeah, it was a little bit too much. Also, at this point, I decided they definitely did not actually cook him because I don't think they would have an industrial size meat processor to be able to do that. Also, there would be chunks of bones in there and stuff. Like, this would have been way too much prep. So... I was kind of like, yeah, that definitely didn't happen. I was like, it it doesn't make sense that this would have happened. But on Riverdale, I could see them being like, yeah, it happened. Thankfully, it's pretty clear that that's not the case here. No, they just dumped him in the river. And they're like, yay, it'll freeze over. Woohoo. I feel like it, we're, this is definitely going to come back to haunt us. 
Probably. Probably. And uh, Creepy Julian doll is still there while they're making out. Well, yeah, and so is Jason. I will say, though, this is definitely the section that we had the most comments on during the podcast, like on Twitter. So Kate's Rip Deadspin at Felix Foster Sis on Twitter tweeted at us, Oh my God, Riverdale spoiler, did Cheryl feed her uncle to her other family members in a pot pie? Oh my God. Well, it was a meat pie, but I do love a nice pot pie. Been eating those quite frequently since I can't find my dishes. And uh, yeah, no, she did not feed her her uncle to her family. Yeah, but it would have been a fun little Sweeney Todd twist. Ooh, what if they do Sweeney Todd for the next musical? Okay, if they're not allowed to have a dance, they're not allowed to have another musical. Not with Mr. Honey on the watch. What if they do, like, much like how they had a party instead? They could have, like, a legal musical, like, community theater at the center with the kids. This is the least cool fan theory I've ever heard of anything in my life. Wow, whatever. Let's see. Gregor McBean called me out about writing down sweat pee instead of sweet pee at one point. I don't remember when I did that, but I'm sure that I believe happened. it. I certainly believe it. But I called him out on the tweet and then he said, no, I, it's a reference. And like, if there's anyone in this world that I believe would know more about our podcast than us, it's going to be either Gregory McBean or Tom Palmer. So sure, I buy it. Yeah. Uh, Gregory McBean also says, so are we just supposed to be cool with the Julian doll now? It was treated as if it was a normal part of the episode. Yeah, it was. I think we're not supposed to be cool with it because it was the only mildly cliffhangery thing in this episode was just the pan to the creepy Julian doll. So it's definitely coming back. Also, here's the thing. Even if the show Riverdale says, you know what? People need to be cool about this doll. We are human beings with free will. And I will never be okay with this creepy doll. And I would recommend to all of you to make that decision as well. Do not accept that doll into your life. All it does is remind me of that creepy um, dummy from that Goosebumps TV show where he just like slowly turns to the kid and he's like I could hurt you and your family in a hundred different ways and it haunted me for years and this doll does the same so we're not okay with it I don't care how the show treats it we don't have to accept it also we I forgot to mention that (laughs) Cricket and Fester were not super bothered when they were like oh you ate your husband slash father or something actually kind of bothered yeah they were just like I bet you're bluffing and she's like probably not the reason reason they really run away screaming is when they wheel out dead body Jason. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. But like the whole reason that Cheryl is trying to scare these people away is because she didn't want them to see dead body Jason. Now she's wheeling him out. So yeah. Yay. Uh, Gregory Bean also asked, how excited is Mary that FP is about to have two jobs and the serpents sound like they're coming back? Maybe we'll even see sweat pee again. Ah, that's where the sweat pee part came from. Yeah. First off, super excited that serpents are coming back. Pretty happy that FP's about to have two two jobs even though share the love he's already got a job give the other one to sheriff keller like actually give the sheriff job back to sheriff keller and go be the why did sheriff keller lose that job in the first place i don't remember because he couldn't catch the black hood i think yeah well black hood's been caught for years well you know the black hood was caught escaped and then died the town has like a really strong memory for hating sheriff keller but they forget really fast how much they hate Hiram so you know it just this is how it works. Oh, well Hiram has money and that's how the world works. 
so there. It's good time. Also, while we're on this Twitter thing, uh, we'll get to the betting jugget stuff in a second, but I also really want to shout out Not a Calculator, who we've mentioned a couple times in this podcast. She drew some really cute pieces of art of she me and Kirsten. She drew me as Betty and you as Jughead. It was really cute. And I'm it's really so happy. adorable. And she watches my Twitch stream. I really, really love me wearing the little Jughead hat and you've got the little serpent jacket on. It's really great. I, I love it. I look great in a leather jacket. Yeah. She even drew me me wearing a Kowski cash shirt that doesn't exist but thank you so much I'm very very happy about it and these are the cutest little drawings ever so thank you so much I love fan art it is my favorite and now we have it oh my yes God. now we have it I we, want to frame this. this is my favorite we thing have in the world arrived Tom Palmer was a really big fan of the Cheryl stuff from this episode I gotta say it was fine. Okay, I, I'll, you'll have to write me your defense of this plot. Like, I think it was okay, but I think at some point, and I'm not sure when it was, I'm pretty sure actually I know when it was, it was when, when Cheryl joined the cult. She kind of went from being like cool, badass, like comes from a hard life, and so she's kind of hard into the world, like head cheerleader, wants to be in a gang, like all that was good, but then she went from that and like snapped somewhere into like just crazy, like completely crazy. So... If you can defend why I should be standing this version of Cheryl and not Cheryl who breaks into houses and steals eggs. I will give you one piece of information here. She still has the best clothes. That is true. I really liked her dress that she was wearing during the Thanksgiving scene. She uh, always is dressed the best. I love that about her. I'm not going to be able to stand uh, until Dead Body Jason is back in the ground. And that creepy doll. They need to burn that doll. They do. They do need to burn that doll. But they have not gotten around to that yet. So anyway. All right. Now it's time to get to the Jughead and Betty stuff. We've been slogging our way through this. So it sounds like Mr. Chipping did in fact kill himself. Uh, DuPont, yeah, like, oh died. yeah, he was an alcoholic. Yeah, so, uh, so obviously he jumped out of a window. Naturally, Duh. everyone who has an alcohol problem or struggles with alcoholism, um, jumps through a glass window. Obviously not. And then Jughead's like, well, do you think that it's kind of weird how he, like, talked to you right before? Like, did he talk about, like, my grandpa? DuPont's like, no, no one talked about your ridiculous notion. Like, this is the most insane thing ever. And Jughead, stop confronting people about this. Just enough. I've had enough of this. This is the same as when people go to Hiram and they're like, I know exactly what you did and I'm going to stop you. Stop. Just stop him and then brag about it later. Yep, they don't learn. They're going to continue to confront people the second they think that they're suspicious. Betty is going to go visit Jughead. Oh, also, I just, I need to talk about how Mary wrote tea give here instead of thanksgiving <laughs> tgiv i think that's a pretty common abbreviation no T give <laughs> yeah you know you what? also spelled okay. sleuth very strangely <laughs> we're gonna we're you know what you can make fun of my notes all you want but let's just be clear i'm the only one who wrote notes so you should be happy well, yeah, that i'm even giving them to you you wanted help 
with the flow of conversation. So you started sending me your notes. At no point was I going to be taking notes. Let's be clear here. So Betty arrives and I just wrote in really big letters, tension, which I'm definitely not reading into. They're, they are trying to get me to think that these people are going to break up at some point and I see it coming. This is the third episode in a row basically where Jughead and Betty have basically had like Jughead's obsessed with whatever's going on and Betty's like, hey, look at me. Pause. Kiss your girlfriend. Say hello. Give her a hug. But this time she's like, save your work. Let's do it. Yep. So it's great. And uh, things seem to be fine for a little while. But then Jughead goes back to the perfect pillow talk of Mr. Chipping's death. I just also, sorry, Um, having two people in a single bed in a bunk bed doesn't seem safe on the top bunk. Uh, been there, done that. Well, yeah, no, like people do it. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I just don't think it's safe I mean, those, those beds are pretty stable plus they've got the bottom bed like i was in a lofted bed which is even worse i don't know man i just don't feel like it's safe and you're just taking this as an excuse to brag about your sexcapades <laughs> oh yeah that's exactly my favorite that's thing what to mary do loves to podcast. do on a podcast jughead thinks that mr dupont was blackmailed or somehow threatened mr chipping into killing himself because the baxter brother franchise is worth over 200 million dollars don't know where he came up with this n- number but good for him Betty's like, well, what leverage would DuPont have over Chipping? And apparently they were both in some sort of secret society from Stonewall because they had this tie pin that was in a yearbook photo and it's the Quill and Skull secret society. Yeah, like, I get... But like, Skull, like a... Why did you spell Skull with a C? (laughs) I don't know, okay? I don't know why I spelled it. Like, here. Okay, I fixed it on my side. No, Whatever. I'm sorry. You, you told me to be on the lookout for misspellings. So I, now that's I... not, that, none of these are what I was referring yeah. to. We'll get to it. So anyway, and so he's like, well, maybe they had to give each other some kind of secret, deep, dark secret information when they joined the Quill and Skull gang. And, uh, and that's, and that's why, uh, that's why he killed himself because he would threaten to reveal it. I don't know. And he's like, yeah, probably also Brett might be in the secret society because he just seems like the douchey kind of guy that might be in a secret society but I haven't found a pin and it keeps getting colder and I thought this this like I really thought that the constant talking about how cold it was was really going to mean that like they were going to get trapped and they're going to get snowed in it was going to go like full shining on them but doesn't quite happen and so Betty's like let's order Chinese food but like obviously they can't deliver Chinese food so instead Jughead goes to raid the vending machines and then there is a person dressed in black wearing a demon rabbit mask holding an axe and I was like oh my gosh the shining but then and then we all knew that it was brett because that's brett's normal clothes we've seen him wear that before it was like brett why are you wearing that mask and then of course betty comes up and bashes him in the back of the head with a golf club as you do and then donna shows up who's also dressed the same and she's like what did you do and she's like i hit him over the head because he was threatening my boyfriend and she's like well we were just trying to scare jones duh yeah it's just for fun okay well donna has a weird sense of what fun is yeah donna has completely changed personalities over the few episodes we've known yeah, her she from was being like, like fun in the first one yeah she was like oh i'm cool and like don't trust brett but like don't get on his bad side and like i'm scared of him too to being like just one of his minions and it's like honestly i don't even think she's a minion i think she's like scarier than brett is because like brett's the kind of like he's the bad guy that you see coming whereas donna is the bad guy you don't see coming so betty gives brad some stitches and uh 
then Bert drops a suicide note, which is clearly a plant that he meant Jughead to see, which I think Betty and Jughead immediately are like, oh, we know that this is a fake suicide note. So Betty's like, let's just play their game and give them a taste of their own medicine. Also, just like for the record, it's really not funny or okay to make anything light of like suicide. That really bugged me about this episode. There was a lot about this episode that I I wouldn't say that they were like trying to make fun of suicide, but they were definitely using it as a plot device. Yeah, it's gross and I didn't like it. And also Betty's idea here to play a game to give them a taste of their own medicine. I thought it was going to be like, oh, this is a well thought out thing she's got going on. No, she's just like, let's play a drinking game and try to like get them to reveal some info, which doesn't yeah, work people at all. Can't, people can't lie when you play Never Have I Ever. They simply can't. Yeah. So Donna, okay, let me, this is the part that annoyed me about this. So they're sitting in like a square, okay? I mean, I guess it's a circle, but there's four of them. They're so Donna goes and Donna is like, I've never kissed a girl. And like everyone else puts a finger down and they're like, oh, Betty, you kissed a girl. And it's like, yeah, flashback to episode one. And then Betty goes, who's next to Donna, makes sense. And Betty's like, I've never done drugs. They have a moment of self-awareness where Brett's like, isn't Riverdale the drug capital of the world? Which is funny because like, yeah, the show would make you think so. And then Brett goes. Brett, who is sitting on the other side of Donna. Like if they were going in a circle, it should be Jughead's turn. <sighs> Whatever. So Brett goes. I thought they were um, going based on like who had done the thing. Yeah, but like Donna had also done drugs. To do. Yeah, but Donna had already gone. Well, I don't know. I just feel like you normally just go in a circle. Well, yeah, no, you're right. But like, I'm just explaining what I saw. And so Brett's like, I've never been in a gang. <laughs> and also Betty puts her finger down and it's like, you are not in a gang. Betty, were, like I thought you member. were the queen, not a member. So were you ever in the gang? And she's like an honorary Oh, queen. but then she did the full initiation when she stripped in front yeah, of her mom. Never... <laughs> yeah, but like, I don't know if, that... was that just like part one? I thought that was like one part and she also had to do the like chanting of the rules and like the owning the dog or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I whatever. thought it was different for girls because of misogyny. Maybe. And then Jughead was like, I've been in a secret society or I've never been in a secret society and nobody like admits to it because like obviously no one would admit to that. The number one rule of a secret society is you don't admit you're in a secret society. It's a secret. It's not like, oh, you don't admit you're in a secret society unless you're playing a drinking game. Then you have to tell the truth. So Betty goes to refill the bottle, but like doesn't. She just like tosses it in the hallway and then she goes into Donna's room and she finds the pin, which has Chipping's last name on it or first name or his initials on it. RC. Apparently his first name is Rupert, which is like cool, I guess. That's probably Rupert Chipping. Does that mean something? I mean, it could, but like, I don't know. No idea. Anyway, so Betty's like, oh, maybe Donna killed him because killers sometimes take something from the victim as a souvenir or trophy. And you know what? Maybe that's right because what we were led to believe from this this season of the show is that Betty can perfectly tell who is a murderer and who is not. I personally, like, when we finish this section, I can give you my full theory, but I think 100% Donna killed him or, like, led to his death in in some way. So they come back and Jughead and Betty basically just call Donna and chat out on covering up the murder, suicide of Mr. Chipping, which is just classic of them of, like, oh, great, you got halfway through an investigation, just start pointing fingers. Like, finish an investigation first. This is, like, the classic problem these people never learn you don't just call people out 
Yeah, but they've Stop. solved every crime they've ever tried to solve. Yeah, but, like, Betty didn't call out her dad when she first guessed that he was the Black Hood. Like, she made sure he was first. They didn't, like, just randomly be like, Mr. Blossom, you probably killed your son. I mean, they probably said that at one point, but, like, they made sure to find out. Anyway, so Donna runs away crying, and Betty goes after her, and she's like, oh, me and Mr. Chipping, we were having an affair, which I assume that means that he was married. I don't know. No, it's because he's a teacher and she's a student, and it's yeah. not an acceptable relationship. No, I understand that as well, but like I don't know if uh, I I guess I guess that's that's fine. I later on they said something of Mr. Chipping's family, so I didn't know if that meant like his parents or what. But anyway, so she was like I wanted to break it off, but he got aggressive, and so I said I was going to go with the headmaster, and then he jumped out of a window. Here's the thing. I think it's just like this show to make this be a lie. Yeah, like, because they make because everything a- irresponsible. Yes. And yeah, let's make up a thing as though false allegations or a common occurrence. Like, this is such BS. So, I think that it's likely that they were having an affair. Which is not okay and does make him a bad guy. Right. And I also, I agree more with what Betty said, which was basically that I I don't buy that Donna is completely innocent in this, but I'm also not going to say that she made up the whole thing because I feel like there could be some truth to this, but I also don't think that she's like just an innocent bystander to this. I think that she is in some way a part of it. So I, I kind of believe more of what Betty was saying there. But then Betty is like, hey, you should just go talk to your headmaster to at least get him, get this stuff on the radar that like maybe there was foul play involved. Then like Betty and Jughead start banging again. And then there's like a very, very obvious blinking red light that's recording Jughead and Betty. Hope this is not a video camera and that we're not going to get like, hopefully it's just audio recording. I think it is going to be a video camera and then they're going to end up stopping Brett and Donna because they will be in possession of child pornography because Betty and Jughead are under the age of 18. Yeah, except that's not how the show works as seen by the pictures that the news report was going to release of semi-nude Veronica. Whatever, which is literally also China child pornography. I don't know. I, I yeah, we we're either gonna have a sex tape scandal situation going on, or we're just gonna have it was a recording that picked up that they were talking about the fact that they don't believe Donna and um, Brett necessarily. So anyway, also like there is no way they would not realize that red lights there. It was the most obvious red light. It was very obvious. The other thing too, when Jughead like goes to romantically sweep all of the candy wrappers off of his bed so that they can climb into it. That was one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen in my life. There's like 50,000 candy like, wrappers. There's no way there's not crumbs in his bed. Yeah, it's really gross. You want to be it's in really a bed gross. with another person and 50 candies worth of crumbs? Also, you know he's not going to like sweep the floor. So like and there's going to be mice. No, he's not going to wash his sheets. Yeah, this is bad all over. It's so gross. So the next day, Donna tells the headmaster about her affair and Brett's like, case closed, the end. But, like, it's episode seven, so we know it's not case closed. It is not case closed the end. And I think that it would be more likely that Jughead would agree with him that, oh, case closed the end, if he hadn't said it like that. Yeah, that's also possible. And then Betty made a murder wall. Yep, we love murder boards. So Betty has a murder board at the Blue and Gold because, as we know, there's absolutely no way that you could get caught having a murder board. 
Has it, haven't, they've already gotten caught with like at least two murder wards. Yeah, in season one, remember when the murder board gets stolen and then Kevin helps them rebuild it from memory and it's like, how do you remember the whole murder board from memory? I don't understand. I don't understand why anyone still makes a murder board, but also I like kind of want one. But just I like for like, creepy. as like a fun decoration, not like actually related to any murder. Okay. Just like things you like. like just let's like connect oh, the like, ramen to the gummy bears. Yeah, like, <laughs> that, like that. Where you connect the stuff you like and then you like i don't know i don't know how you would make it into a cute decoration but i feel like that's possible so the ice storm was a 1997 movie about an outwardly wholesome family that begins cracking at the seams over the course of a tumultuous thanksgiving break with lots of sexual affairs it's not a thriller i actually watched the trailer it's a drama it looks it looks pretty decent uh christina ricci elijah wood kevin klein journey weaver toby mcguire looked fine i'm sorry who isn't it sigourney weaver oh i don't know sure what did i say journey i don't know but now That's i'm like it's not even like i'm trying to correct you i'm just like wait have i got had that That's, name wrong my entire life that's how i always pronounce her name but i could be wrong i just literally i just don't know like i now i'm questioning myself i wasn't trying to be i've always said it's a journey weaver i don't know it's probably wrong i'm saying it like the word journey is in her name can someone not smart tell us who's right yeah that would be nice to know i'm probably not going to change even if i'm wrong but yeah me too you can let me know but still good to know i think with the exception of the fact that the title is the ice storm nothing seems to really be Uh, It was a tumultuous Thanksgiving break with a lot of sexual escapades. All right, sure. Yeah, basically a lot of sex happened. Like when Alice decided, Alice starting with taking off her shoes was also like a wild move. Like that's the first thing you take off. I I guess it was kind of like. And then she like threw the shoes and then FP like dove at her. I was, I'm really worried about the bruising. I, I'm, I'm really worried about the jelly bean who is definitely in the house still that they've forgotten about. Yeah. Where is jelly bean? Jelly bean's going to come home and find just like shoes and be like, oh no. So uh, we didn't really have any no- close but no cigars from this episode, but I do have two that I discovered that we could have mentioned back in like episode one or I guess in episode two of this season, but I'm going to go ahead and give them because they were their name close but no cigars. Well, I don't even know if they're close but no cigars. They're close, I guess. So Donna Sweet is and Brett Weston Wallace are plays on two different authors' names of Donna Tart and Brett Easton Ellis. I don't think so. that's a close but no cigar cigar it's close but i think it is notable it's notable it's just something to note i mean when you look at weston wallace and easton ellis written out and the fact that sweet has two t's and tart has two t's at the end yeah i'm sure it's based off of that but like if they're not characters in the rg comics that's true but it's it's still interesting it's, no it so is it's definitely it interesting to know i'm glad that we talked about it so who is the most normal person this week it's not tony <laughs> not cheryl uh let's see it's not it's not jughead it's not jughead um it's not really fp i mean alice didn't do anything too bad she was kind of just like i'll back you my man you do what you gotta do she was a pretty normal person she invited her foes to eat dinner with her because she's new new zen hip alice Hmm. you could give it to like monroe but he's already gotten it this season no i don't think it's monroe um what about uh veronica's half-sister because she showed up she and just was there out. for thanksgiving dinner and then left and went back to miami she came for thanksgiving and then went home i guess i mean she was normal she was just barely in the episode i mean who was more normal i guess you have a point all right hermosa yes getting one <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Side Yay. characters. Side characters for sure. But she'll so be far, I gotta say, this season we have given it to exclusively side characters. The biggest side character was Kevin. Most of them have been like along the lines of hot car- caretaker Darius. So. Wait. I don't remember who Hot Caretaker Darius is. Because he was normal. Yeah, he but was the caretaker that Tony hired for a hot second before Cheryl oh, fired yeah, him. Oh, yeah, and he was hot. Got it. Yeah, I was like, was. why don't I remember this hot Darius? <laughs> he was only there for a little bit. All right, well, uh, that's really it for this week's episode. Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back next week for our recap of episode eight. Until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform. And if you're interested, you can check out our recaps of season one that will be returning super duper soon. Also, whenever we do hit the hiatus for the winter of this season, uh, we will be releasing all of those other episodes that I have <laughs> finished recording and I'm currently editing. So they're coming. I am not forgotten about them. They're on their way. Remember, if you've forgotten how busy I am, go back to like minute five of this podcast where I discuss Mary's life update quarter. That, that'll, uh, then you can be reminded of why those things are slower around here. Yeah. You can also check everything out on KowskiCast.com. That's Cow with the K, or on our Twitter, KowskiCast. That's Cow with the K. Kirsten, you can find her everywhere at Kirsten Said What. Check out her Twitch streams. How's Sims going? My Sim had a baby. <gasps> uh, Yay. Last, last update was you wanted to get your Sim laid, so I guess that happened. I did, uh, but she, my Sim has chosen, uh, it's a base game character named Jay Huntington III, and he's non committal, so they are not dating, but they live together and have a baby. And, um, like every they're doing everything a couple would do but every time well now that I have control over him I made him ask her to be his girlfriend and she said no probably because of how many times she asked him to be her boyfriend and he got mad so it's a fight every time so that's really exciting also I'm really bad at the game so please come watch me struggle also I hosted this past week's Robin Akiva Nita podcast when where they had game night and uh it was really fun if you want to hear Rob Sester Nino describe what a bra looks like so that they can try and guess how much it costs. I highly recommend that one. Oh, I'm really excited to get to that. I'm almost all caught up. I'm very excited about this. Yay. Yeah. And if you listeners would like to be in on the conversation, like Tom Palmer and Gregory McBean and Not a Calculator and Noah and Bryce. Yeah. And of the pod. all the other friends of the pod. Oh, and at Felix Foster Sis, if you would like to be like them, then feel free to tweet at us any of your thoughts on the episodes past or present we'll read them out and please drop a five-star review and rating on itunes that would be fantastic i see y'all leaving those ratings without the reviews i mean thanks appreciate it would like it some more if you could also some text there that'd be awesome yeah come on just write a review if you give us a five-star review and write something down we're legally obligated to read it even if it's embarrassing So just think about that next time you're going to review a podcast on iTunes. Yeah, it's great. All right. Until next time. Bye. I can't stop the recording.